in the not that's not my goal but it's just like these drawdowns now that hurt you in the the, the short term those are what turn you into a great trader because eventually once you get everything sorted out your risk your setup and once everything is clicking again you have that confidence back that will turn into a blip like it might turn into an unnoticeable amount of money on your equity curve you're listening to the steady trade podcast the steady trade podcast a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Here are your hosts, Tim Bowen and Stephen Johnson. Welcome to the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Stephen Johnson, Jeeve and Stonson. And for a rare occasion, but hopefully not the last, Price to Hohe, Price to Price to we, and that's it. That's the introduction. Because Tim Bowen's not here, and he does a dead long introduction. That's not me. Short and sweet, to the point. Welcome, Bryce. How's it going? Are you a co-host? You're kind of a co-host. Yeah, yeah. Um, do I, man? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we're as we were talking a little bit before, and we'll get into. You know, trading's been a little of a slump here, but besides that, like honestly, no complaints at all, man. Uh, life's been good to me. And I'm just kind of trying to, you know, take that all in still and then get ready for probably, you know, I no no guarantees in trading as we all know, but we also do know the market tends to heat up towards the end of the fall and into the winter. So trying to just like mentally prepare for hopefully some crazy runners and, you know, and do that. Uh, trying to get some traveling out of the way right now, like you're doing. Dude, no, same. I mean, for me, I've just done Portugal in a surf camp and then, uh, and then obviously I'm in Playa.com in Mexico now. You've been traveling as well. But if you're anything like me, if you have a, 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 if you have a red month, like I'm, I'm having a red month, I'm walking through the streets of Mexico thinking I'm going to be homeless soon. I don't know, I don't know what to do. But, but with all the, you gotta, I'm like walking around the streets thinking, will I be sleeping in that dumpster one, one day and next year if I lose it all? All, all? all you really have to do though is before before you know before we go completely broke with our red month we just have to move to be homeless so that way we have no expenses and we still have at least a little bit of money from our trading profits you know what i mean yeah dude. and you'll make some money back in you know what i mean so it's like it's like multiple revenues <laughs> <laughs> multiple streams of income that is exactly how they meant it <laughs> but uh but no dude i mean like ultimately what i want to say is it's it's a privilege to talk before we talk stocks it's a privilege to talk to you it's a privilege to like <laughs> have this space with you and dude like you've got to think like dude i'm fucking i'm traveling the world right i'm traveling the world i'm in player.com i'm about to go on a date with a beautiful mexican woman yes there'll be, there'll be bs tonight like with a group of travelers like dude i'm living the dream i'm living the dream but even if you're living this good life dude one loss one loss in trade and i'm just going to bed early lying in bed depressed no, and it's it's crazy to think of it that way because, like, honestly, that is how I was when I was. I did most of my traveling end of August, early September, and that is more or less when my downswing started. And it made it harder for me to. It's bad. I, that's when I realized I probably shouldn't trade on vacation because it made it a lot harder to enjoy the vacation when you see those red numbers. You're like, I mean, all right, well, I'm spending money traveling. I shouldn't be trading anyways because I'm distracted. And now, and now I'm just losing money. Like lo taking losses as a trader is hard enough. And then you add all these other factors onto it. And it's like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? But you do it the right way, right? Like you're, you're, you got to enjoy the time you're on vacation. And like, 
realize how grateful you know we should be to be in these spots yeah uh, like literally dude like life couldn't be better but being like a trader and being obsessed with trading it's it's almost like you can't take it off and then when you do when you do come back you just take a random trade to get that dopamine hit and it's a stupid trade and you just your head's not in it like you've got to be totally in the zone that's why there's a book called in the zone Yes, I completely agree. You have to have to be in the zone. It's it's a necessity in trading. And we all know that. And we just like, it's hard to follow that sometimes. And, and dude, like we're both transas in life, right? We're both, we're both like the odd gamble, right? So we need to be fully, we need to be fully in, we need to be fully in the zone, fully in the zone, like no distractions. There's just too many distractions. There's, when there's too many distractions around, like the sun shining, I can jump in the sea. Girls are everywhere. There's new nightclubs in Mexico that I've never been to. They look crazy. It's it's hard to trade. So I've gone down to a small account. Yeah, no, and I that's like one of the biggest things that always helps me whenever like I'm going through a slump is to really to remove every distraction while I'm trading. Because you know, when when things are hot and like when I'm in the zone, I do a really good job at drowning out everything else, drowning out all the noise. And you know, whether that is like actual, you know, outside life or like our social media lives, um, I'm going to try to drown that out. And so like, I'll go enjoy my life after the market's done or after I'm done trading. But like, I don't want to, again, going back to the traveling thing, like I don't want to be trying to travel around and place trades. You got to be completely focused. And uh, that's definitely been a big lesson I've learned the past few months. No, and, and absolutely the, the exact same for me. Like I just took a massive red month for no reason. Not massive, but not the worst I've ever had. But I took a bad red month. But I mean, what was your? I mean, I've saw some. I've saw some uh, tweets of yours. The look. The looked negative. Not negative. The look. The look like the, you're in the red. So do you want to? What? How's how's the month been going? Up and out of it completely. Like what's been going on with Bryce? Yeah. Uh, what's been going on with Bryce is I am. I also have. Uh, a red month, quite a hefty red. Well, it's hard because I've never, I haven't had a red month since I became profitable. Um, Shit. Which has been well over, uh, it's, I don't think I've had a red, red month. Oh man, it might even, it might be going back to 2019. Um, which it's so, it's, you know, I've had red weeks, but red month, like this is, it's new to me and it's something I knew would happen. I knew it would come along. Um, but for me, I think I'm right about 50,000 this month, which the, saying that number out loud, it still hurts, but I have to keep it all in perspective. Like my, even August, which was one of my slowest months of the year was $80,000 green. So it's, yeah. I got to keep it in perspective, but it's hard to keep in perspective. No, but I mean, if you're anything like me, catastrophize, like if, the slightest thing goes wrong in 50,000 is a lot in normal life, but not a lot in your life. Um, you'll start thinking, ah, is it, was it too good to be true? Is the dream over? Was it, was it just luck? Is this the beginning of the end? Am I going to lose everything? Do you, are you like that? Or is it just me? Um, so I really, at the beginning of the month, so here's basically how this all started. Um, in mid-August, I went to Colorado with my cousin and my brother, and that was when I decided to be a swing trader. Um, yeah, and as it turns <laughs> out, you can't just use day trading size on swing trades and expect to make money. Um, and so that it's, that started off, I went into about a $30,000 drawdown and then made it back the day I got back to Texas. 
um, I had a $40,000 green day. And I was like, all right, perfect. We're back to normal. As it turns out, we weren't back to normal. I just nailed like two great setups that day. Um, one of the, so anyways, to back to that question is once after, after I hit that new high again, um, literally from that day on, I went into a drawdown that I haven't been able to recover from yet. And for the first like two weeks of the month, I was like, oh my God, maybe I just got lucky. Um, and then I started really hardcore digging into my stats, my charts. And what I've found is that, you know, I've for over a year and a half now, I've been trading one setup. Well, one, one very specific intraday pattern, um, a couple of daily chart patterns, but like one pretty common setup. And the, the fact of the matter is that you know, I always heard this well before I became profitable is you can never rely on one setup in your trading because markets change. And what I ended up realizing is that unfortunately my, the setup I did really well with when the market was going bananas, it's, it is dropped in effectiveness. And what I've noticed is that not only has my win rate dropped, which is fine. I've gone through even, even while the market was hot, that my win rate has dropped, but my risk reward remained, you know, relatively speaking between two and three to one. So it was always fine. Well, now most days my risk reward is roughly one to one. Um, yeah. Even on the best setups, I might get two to one, not the best, yeah. but the, you know, and the problem is the, the win rate doesn't justify that right now. Like that right now, this is not profitable. And it's just simply, there's not enough buyers on these uh, low float runners. I shouldn't say that multi-day they work yeah but what can i just clarify what the main setup is like roughly it doesn't have to be exact just, just so the audience can be in the picture yeah for sure um so basically i'm buying tight consolidation breaks off of either multi-day breakouts um well multi-day range breakouts yeah. some in the problem i normally it would be a multi-day breakout but the issue is multi-day breakouts have been really choppy lately um They'll break out, then close below the breakout, then gap over the breakout, then dip back. It's not clean right now. So I've been focusing more on the multi-day trend breaks. Um, and then I do like specifically one of my favorite easy scalp setups was about uh, uh, a bounce long, you know, first green day and exhaustion, exhaustion day gap up. Uh, and those have just, I mean, as seen with SPRT now, GREE, HLBZ, um, IPHA, like these former massive runners are simply not bouncing. Um, and when they do bounce, they'll gap up and then just chop around all day. There's really no clean intraday breakout. Um, and so they've been, longing has definitely been a little bit tougher in this market. I, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't say tougher, tougher for the setups I trade. Um, I have seen some longs doing well. Again, it's more multi-day though. Like CEI is the biggest one I can think of, but there are these really, relatively speaking, slower multi-day runners. I mean, we, you, back when the market was hotter, we'd get these stocks that ran from, they, they'd run 200% intraday. And then even when the market slowed down, we'd still have the multi-day runners were still three, four, 500% over the course of a week. Um, and there was always really strong intraday setups. And I've definitely noticed a lot of the moves are happening pre-market and after hours right now, which is definitely yeah. made it a little bit harder for me. GBR was a good example the other day where I was, I was long end of the day for that, uh, you know, Bowen style VWAP end of day VWAP break. Um, but the move happened after hours. Um, 
And so they've just, it's definitely just been harder, but it's been good for me because this has been my, now my time I've slowed down my, my losing. Um, and I'm working on just really kind of, it was going like this and now it's more just, it's a very slight down and I know it'll recover, but stop, this has been a good time for me. Yeah. Stop, stop the bleeding. You know what I mean? And, uh, now I'm now, this is my time I'm working on just kind of learning some other setups, familiarize, familiarizing myself with some short setups that I have not tried yet, but just familiarizing myself with them, getting data on them. And ideally in the next year, I'll have uh, at least two other setups in, uh, in, the, in the toolkit. Um, I mean, just, just, I just want to stop you there and just, just some words of, of encouragement. I just, I just want to say that I love you, brother. Dude, I appreciate that. And the same goes to you. Send in the love. What? I'm just, I'm just sending the love. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate that. But um, the audio, you can hear okay, right? Or it's iffy. Yeah, it was, it was choppy for a second, but I can hear you again now. Yeah, no, but I mean, the exact same thing is happened to me. You would think, uh, if, if lungs are doing well, then shorts aren't doing as well. But uh, dude, my gap and crap setup. Like, I literally turned $600 and over $100,000 on that setup. And this was over the last two years, and it, it just worked very, very well. Then all of a sudden, the setup would be like, I would take drawdowns on it that were ridiculous. And I'd be like, these drawdowns never used to happen, and now they're happening. And then the drawdowns just turned into massive losses. And then now I'm fucking addicted to short and gavin craps because my brain made, has made so much money doing it, but I physically can't do it anymore. I did it today. Like, this one worked, but... Dude, like I can't stop shorting the setup that no longer works. Well, and do you know what's crazy about that too is I remember, you know, do you remember going back to 2018, 2019 where you'd get those gap and craps, but the beautiful part about them was you always got a pop. Most of the time you got a nice pop to short into. You could risk pre-market high. They don't yeah. pop anymore. The ones that crap, literally it's straight death drop. And there's like, Sure, you can short the open and risk. Like, I mean, do the risk reward is not justifiable on it for me? Because that was something I was looking into is the gap and crap. And right now, dude, they don't they don't even pop to short into. Dude, the the gap and crap is the worst setup in the world because it washes and you can't short the wash. And then you think, okay, like we've, we've had a big drop. I'll short the higher low. I'll build in. Those motherfuckers just grind back. They grind back. They slowly, slowly grind, grind, grind between to till about eleven o'clock. Hold, 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 get very tight, right? And you want to take the long? Take the long. It dumps heavier than life itself. Take the short, the motherfucker squeezes on you and you think this can't be happening again. So you hold it and then it's one that runs. And it's a coin flip. There's no, there's no, there's no edge on that because it can go either way. I found the same thing. And definitely one thing too that I'll, uh, I'll, I'll note that I've seen, I don't have any data on it, but it seems that the best gap and crap reversals so far are happening on multi-day runners. The ones that reverse and turn into longs. Multi-day like, runners, yeah, em I have- Emrin. Ader. Um, what was the yeah. other one the other day? Uh, there was one that just happened. I'll, I'll, I'll try to think about it. I'll try to think of it. But What's that? Was it Etsy? ADSY was one. Yes, Ed's, I believe Edsa worked. I don't remember if that that never closed at highs though. I don't. Oh, maybe it was. Nah, it, it pushed after I was even. I can't remember. Yes. Um, well, either way, <laughs> like the the ones that work the best for a long, and I because I was this this is the long that I'm noticing works is that it's that 
midday VWAP break and it consolidates right above it. And the only way to really justify the long is to keep that risk really tight and basically your risk turns into VWAP, which is where it's consolidating. But yeah. in terms of the short, like you're, it, it really does because that is the logical spot to short, right? Is that pop into VWAP and then half the time it seems like, okay, yeah, it'll fade into oblivion and the other times it'll squeeze your nuts off. Yeah, and, and often it'll, it'll, yeah, it's just a really tough short and you just, I mean, basically the way I see it is the ones that kind of grind and hold, the, the more chance of being longs are the ones that like really drop and then have a short bounce. They're more likely just to reject because it's a little panic rather than a grind. It's a panic of like shorts bounce covering rather than like a slow grind of this is going to turn into a proper trend. Yep, yep. I agree, man. I agree. It's a, it's a tough market out there right now. But again, there's always money to be made. It's just it might not be your setup. Yeah, but dude, I'm just worried about being homeless on the streets of Mexico. Like, I literally need to, I've, I've literally dropped the Gavin crap, right? For now, I've dropped it. If, like, I'm trying to drop it. I'm looking at, like, maybe the day after. Like, do you know day two? If it's, if yep, it's but- like, 80%, day two of the Gavin crap. Or, like, first red day after a big run. Like, the stuff like the, like, the, the EV sector when that ran. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at some longs, but then when I see you not doing well on the longs, I'm thinking, should I, should I even try this? Yeah, I, it's, it's, I, and like I said, man, I know there are money or people making money on both sides. It's just the way that I long. And apparently the way you short, you know, it's not working for our setups right now. Like, and it's just something you have to accept. And like you said, now you start looking into some other setups, some other strategies for when this kind of market condition comes back around. Now today we're recording this on what day is it? Uh, the Wednesday, the 29th. I mean, we had some crazy runners today. CEI broke four PALT went from like five to 12 or something, but this has been kind of a one-off day so far for, uh, the, the majority of low floats. I haven't seen a really solid all day runner in small cap land. And that makes it hard for shorting too, though. Like, like you said, and we're going to go back to it again, just because something is up, doesn't make it a short and just like you have to have the right entry criteria. People don't understand that. But but let's be honest as well, dude. Like we had a crazy, I mean, from, was it from January? January last year? What No, from January this, from January, January this year was the most insane market I've ever seen. And everyone was calling it a bubble and all that stuff. Uh, and, and like we had coronavirus, I would have, I would have, I would have accepted like the market's dead. I would have thought, ah, the market's done. But it was crazy anyway. So you've got to expect some quiet times. In, I mean, like, I think the people, it's unfortunately, it's the people that don't expect the quiet times that expect this to last forever that are the ones that are largely at risk for blowing up. Um, and that's like why I've always, every day I go into the market saying, like, I'd rather expect there to be nothing than put expectations that it's going to be so hot. And like so crazy, because if I expect the market to be slow and let those setups come around, I'm more likely to not take stupid trades and then only focus on the one or two setups that are like, all right, this is a, this is a clear long. And unfortunately, it's really hard to tell yourself that on the days where a ton of stuff is gapping up. And those are always the ones that I get caught in. And today was looking the slowest it's been forever. I remember I was talking to Roland this morning and I was like, I don't see a single stock I like. And as it turned out, PALT, CEI, DATS offered some great trades that unfortunately I only took CEI and DATS, but um, they offered some great setups though. Yeah. And I mean, and that's one thing that I respect about Roland, like Roland can just shut it down, 
go play some golf. Love life. He's dead up. Well, he's like happy just, he seems, I'm speaking for him, but he seems happy to just shut it down and switch off. Where maybe for you, for me, I've, I've still got a point to prove as a trader. I've, I've still got something to prove to myself. I couldn't agree more. And that's, Roland, me and Roland are supposed to potentially go golfing after uh, after this call because it's it's a good way for me to just walk away from the markets. You know what I mean? But I feel that same way. Like, and I'm sure a lot of new traders do, especially ones that are just finding like that initial burst of consistency is like now you're addicted. It's like for for me, you know, when when I get in a slump with like working out, what gets me back into it is seeing those results. And it's nice with like working out because you can always control that. Um, but with trading, it's like once you see those initial results, you get addicted, you get hooked to this feeling of like, oh my God, I'm making it. Now it's time to exponentially increase my size. It's time to trade more. It's time to make some more money. And if the market doesn't want you to make more money, if the market doesn't want you to size up, it will let you know. You know what I mean? And it's, can you accept that? That, that that's the, if you can accept that, you're going to be fine. If you can't accept that, you're going to continue to use too big a size on setups that aren't worthy of that size. And it's, it's all like a psychological battle. It really is. And that's, as is the case with both of our drawdowns, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's a psychological battle for you too. Uh, dude, it's a disaster. I mean, but li like literally uh, I've tried to trade uh, less with a bigger account. It, it didn't work. I just kept on pushing buttons of more size. So I just went out to a small account. So I literally couldn't. So like if I'm trading with like one, $2,000. No, and the one thing, a good, really, I think this is something that you and I are both doing right now that is extremely important for like any trader. And I, I remember when I first came across Tim Sykes, I remember him like at one point saying in a video or something, like it's better for people to trade with small accounts um, because it forces you to take smaller size, you know? And like, for me, I, I, I had a half million dollars in my account at the beginning of the month. And then I was like, th this market started to happen. Every time I took a big loss, I was like, all right, I have to take more money out of the account. And I'm down to, I withdrew up to, I withdrew a lot of it. I'm down to a 50,000 or $70,000 account right now. And to me, you know, that I'll, I'll still be able to take one or two good positions at a time, but I cannot physically be in four positions at a time, five positions. Like I don't, I don't have enough account size. And Keep it. Sorry, go ahead. No, dude, I was just saying I've done the exact same thing. Like when I was trading with a, a bigger account, like I was trading with a bigger account and a smaller account. And uh, for me now, I'm, I just went out at one $2,000 account. I can still make $400, $500 a day, but I can't, I can't take four positions. I've only got to take the one stock that I think is definitely going to be a good trade. Once I've made like 300 bucks, that's like a 20% growth in the account. I don't want to trade anymore. I've just grew me account 20%. So it's, you can still make money but you just don't do stupid things when you've got less. Like say, if I've got 10 gallons of water in the desert, right? And I don't know when I'm coming home, I'm going to give one of them gallons of water away. So I'm going to think, do you know what? You look thirsty. Do you know what I mean? But if yeah, I've, got two, two of water, I've got two bottles of water in the desert and I don't know when I'm going to find some water, I'm not giving the second bottle away to someone else, even if I like them. You're thinking, you know you're I mean? thinking about, you have to think, yeah, you're going to think about yourself and your safety first. And it's, the, that's a perfect analogy, dude. Like if your account's too small, you're, you're like, you're going to keep your, what do you get? Like you, you, you're not going to let yourself blow up that account. And that's, I see this on Twitter all the time. Like really the more successful traders, they, they're really big on, you know, paying themselves along the way and paying yourself 
normally means taking money. Well, it actually always means pay, taking money out of your account. Uh, and look, and if you've got problems with risk, I'm like, look, yeah, just me, risk is rubbish right now. Like cutting, cutting risk is rubbish right now. It's something that you've always been good at. But I'm like, look, if you can't cut your losses, at least trade so small that if you do want a really bad drawdown and it's really bad, you're down 150 bucks. Like if, if your drawdowns are going to be terrible, make sure a catastrophic situation is a $200 red day. Yep. If you can, can keep them like that until you can cut them. Yep. I do. I could not agree with you more. That's well said. You gotta, you're going to make sure you're going to take a big loss in terms of the, the account, but you've taken money out of your account. It's a much smaller account now. Um, and it's going to be way harder to have those big red days. You're going to have to be doing a lot wrong. And if you could still have a big red day with a tiny account, it's probably, you got, it's got some other emotional issues you got to work on first. But, uh, but other than that, like, dude, like you, you've done fantastic. You've done a great job. You've branded, but like you're doing a great job. This, this is like, we saw like other, we've saw other great traders go through like what they feel is a terrible downturn. Then they look at the profit we chart and it's actually a very small blip. And you just, and, you want through a small thing. And I, that's always what I'm telling myself. And you know, this is whole, like one more word of a uh, word of wisdom for those of you who might be in a drawdown yourself or so my, my last big drawdown when was I, when it was when I was at $40,000 in profits. Uh, actually it was 35,000. And I had a drawdown period where I lost $4,000. So I was more than a 10% of my equity curve drawdown. Um, yeah. When the market got hot, that turned into my average day was $4,000. And like you said, like I look at my PL chart and I can't even see that anymore. Now am I saying I'm ever going to get to the size where I'm making 50K a day? Who knows? Probably not. Uh, not in the near future. I, that's a lie. I will one day, but in the not, that's not my goal. But it's just like, these drawdowns now that hurt you in the, the, the short term, those are what turn you into a great trader because eventually once you get everything sorted out, your risk, your setup, and once everything is clicking again, you have that confidence back, that will turn into a blip. Like it might turn into an unnoticeable amount of money on your equity curve. So dude, we're both like survivors right now. I mean, do you know how like hedgehogs like stuff up on a lot of food and then when it gets dangerous, they just hibernate under the ground in the soil? That's what we're doing we're just, right we're now. We like stocked two, up on our money. Just like two little hedgehogs. Yes, one, dude, one that's exactly. That's the title of this video. Steven, Steven Johnson and Bryce Tui, two little hedgehogs. In a <laughs> <laughs> but two fat little hedgehogs under the soil. <laughs> two fat little hedgehogs. <laughs> two fat little hedgehogs sitting on a pile of cash. Apart from I don't have much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm but secretly starving. <laughs> I hope people are laughing as much as we are right now, man. I really hope people watch this and aren't like these two guys are idiots. No, but dude, like I mean, honestly, the market's weird as shit. I'm just holding back. What advice would you give to other traders? I know I've sized down, stop the bleeding. I don't want to go out and I'm crying in the toilet and someone says, what's wrong? And I say, I don't know if I'm going to make this a trader on me night out to a stranger. Yeah, so, um, I guess the biggest, and I give this advice to everyone in small cap rockets because like, that, you know, and this is especially, this should be new, or I say it to them, especially because like as a brand new trader, you're probably not profitable yet. Um, and it's going to take some time to be. And so for anyone who is A, in a drawdown, or B, not profitable, um, 
you need to make it and I guess you should do this at any time, but more so than more so now than ever, um, you gotta, you got to commit to journaling. You have to like, yeah. it's, it sucks. It's not fun. Um, but journaling most of the time you think, you know, what you're doing wrong in your trading, but then you journal it all down for a couple of weeks at a like a couple of weeks straight. And you say, Oh my God, like when you're about to place that trade, you look, you think back about that, that mistake you made, uh, that you wrote down in your journal, like, well, why would I, why would I buy here? If every day I like, I have to write out for me, I take like, you know, five, 10 trades a day in a slower market. Um, so if I'm writing out five or 10 times a day, why am I buying here? Why am I buying here? Why am I buying here? Eventually it's going to click in my head when I'm actually taking that trade. Well, I don't want to sit down tonight in tonight's journal entry and write down again, why did I buy here when I made that same mistake? It's just a way for like you to really ingrain it in your head, the issues that you are going through. And then in real time, you're going to look back at that journaling and be like, I'm not writing this down again. I'm not going to let myself write this down again tonight. Yeah, no, because I used to always save charts, right? But say you take 10 different trades, you screenshot 10 different charts, you like flick through them really fast, but then you're not really taking it in what you what you're looking at. And then you see you've got 30 days, that's or 20 days of trade, and that's 200 charts, 250 charts. You're not, I don't see a consistency of what's going right and what's going wrong there, really, unless you really go through. But for you for journaling, it's different because it's most in-depth written analysis of each trade. Yeah, and that's for me. I, I take about 15 to 20 minutes per trade I take. Um which one encourages me in a slow market to trade less because yeah. I do not want to write as much at the end of the day. And two though, like, um, like you said, like if I'm taking, let's even just call it five trades a day right now. Cause that's basically what this week has been. I'm not just going to remember every mistake I made in that chart, but if I'm taking 15 minutes to break down everything I did wrong or right on a winning trade, everything I did wrong, like that's what's that five, that's what an hour a day. That's, five hours worth of just writing out every mistake I made, how stupid I was like that adds up. That's 20 hours a month of how, how much you messed up. Like that adds up and you're going to remember that in, in the, in real time. Yeah. And, and I think honestly, like I, I certainly feel I'm at the point I'm sure you do too, where I'm not gaining that much from watching like educational material anymore. So the real education now is self critical analysis really. And I've definitely noticed that being a thing for, you know, once you have your strategy, your setup down, you need to dial into that. And like watching educational content is fantastic when you're trying to figure out what you want that setup to be, to learn more about that setup. But then once you have that dialed down, you are consistently profitable with that setup. The real learning then comes from refining your already defined edge. Um, and that's going to come through data tracking, journaling. Um, less on the already defined edge. Sorry, I just had to repeat that. Refining your already defined edge. I, uh, I think it's it's important, right? I just love the way you said it. It's a coined phrase. It's a it's a book. It's a book title. I could I could write a book on that. I could definitely write a book. I on could. That. Uh, no, but sorry, I interrupted you. In form. Sorry. No. I, I was no. Yeah. No. Really I was. I was. Opinion. I was done there. No. I was done. That was. That was like. That's. That. I was just saying. Like you're. That makes. That is exactly what, if for those of you that are watching that already are now consistently profitable, but you're like, 
How can I do better? How can I fix this drawdown I might be going through? Like refine your already defined edge. That's like that. That's and, how you and do yeah, it. But, and dude, it's like, it's like when something's not working, you've got to stop doing it. Like it, I, I struggled for, like I was up, I was up like 40, 50,000 this year and give it, give it back, pretty much give it all back. Um, just repeating this setup that didn't work. And, and it's not like I'm a bad trader, I don't think. It's more like I learned a really bad lesson to next time think, the next time something doesn't work, stop fighting it, just move on to the next. Yep. And that's, that's, it's, it's hard to do. It's a discipline thing. You know what Very I mean? Hard. It's really people really under, not underplay how important this discipline is um, under underplay how, how much you're going to struggle with that discipline. Like you can hear it a thousand times that you're going to struggle with discipline, but until you go through it, you're not going to realize how undisciplined you are. And we're all every trader that takes a loss they shouldn't take is undisciplined. And it's about really working on making that, making you less undisciplined. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure one thing you will see as well is the market changes all the time, which makes it even harder because you can think I'm not, one of your setups that's not working right now, you can say I'm not taking that anymore because it doesn't work. And then you see one of them work really well. And you think, oh, maybe it's working again, but it's just a one-off and ultimately the setup has bad probability now. Yep, yep. And it, it, that's that like going full circle here. I think that's why it's important once you are profitable to start working on getting a second setup going. Um, one that works in a slower market condition or a choppier market condition or a different one. Right now, this kind of vibe from just this month, kind of like 2019 vibes where any, any gapper just instantly shit the bed. Longs were really tough. Not a lot of follow through. There's definitely more volume now than there was in 2019, but the runners are weird. The gappers, day one gappers, there's not a pop to short into and they just fade all day. And then if they look like they're going to be a long, they probably are going to fake you out. Yeah, but but then again, if, if all the gappers just faded all day, I'd be a millionaire. And dude, there's, there's gappers are just, a lot, a lot of them are, like, there's a lot of gap craps that are running. Like a lot of, like the worst ones as well. Like the worst ones that shouldn't run are running. Um, I've been squeezed, Say I'll, I'll have through. I'll short three. I'll make good like 500, 500, 500. I'm up like 1.5, 2k, not bad. It's a kind of slow market. Fourth one, I'll just lose two and a half grand, and I'm down, down a thousand. And I'm just like, it's you should cut your losses faster, but it's just the the gap craps are reversing like they didn't used to. No, uh, yeah, I'll I'll give you that much. They do definitely reverse, and then they fake you out, and you'll go long. They'll dump again at the end of the day. And, but they already hit your stop. If you're a short, you know what I mean? Like it's really hard to trade those right now. It is. And I, I get sucked into them too, man. But, uh, but I mean, not to worry. I mean, the positive side is um, I think any, any, any struggle always creates success. I think any adversity always breeds uh, learnings and success. And I think you have to, there's some good quotes on it, but you absolutely have to struggle to, to, to make money in the longer term. And, and we've both been through the struggles and it makes you resilient and you've just got to keep going and, and think about where, where you've come from and where you are. And uh, you're, you're certainly a lot further ahead than me, but dude, you're a grinder as well. And, but dude, we've we, we both, we both got good lives, you know? A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more, man. And uh, it's, we're going to, we're going to be just fine. These struggles or it's going to really turn the, help us turn the corner. Um, it's going to, it's going to make the next round of success that much better. It really will.
Yeah, and, and in terms of loans from from last November till now, I'm learning them. But I feel I feel the most comfortable I've ever felt taking long trades. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just see. But do you have any final final thoughts for the for the steady traders out there? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I think everything I hit was a lot of what I kind of wanted to talk about during my, like about this drawdown and for anyone that's going through that, you know, really listen back. Um, and again, it's, it's going to come down to discipline and putting in the work. If you, if you don't put in the work, your drawdown's not going to stop. And when it does, and when the market turns and gets really hot again, you're going to just lose that much more when the market slows down, if you don't put in the work now. So put in that work guys. And gals. No, no, absolutely. And and if you don't want to put in the work or you can't put in the work or you can only do an hour or so, trade small size. <laughs> just trade small size. But I know that's the wrong message. Put in the work. But and, and until you get it, trade small size. A hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Small size is key. A hundred percent agreed. Um, All right. Well, yeah, man, that's everything I've got. Well, I mean, on the subject of keys, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put the key in the door, turn it, and lock the door on this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, I like it. Just, I like that. <laughs> and just say, like, look, uh, I mean, look, Bryce and I have, have gone through some some struggles. I mean, when you say struggle, it's a red month. Going through a red month. I was green last month. I'm red this month. Uh, but uh, we're both sized down. We're both looking at other setups. We're both waiting for the end of the storm and where the dawn will have its new bright day. And uh, and otherwise, I hope if anyone's got any questions or anyone's got any comments on the YouTube section, how's your trading going? Hit the comments. Uh, and otherwise, fantastic to have you on here, Bryce. Fantastic. And all uh, out. Dude, thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. You've reached the end of another episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Want to watch the video version? Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stocks to Trade, so you never miss an episode. Until next time.